Well, welcome to another special episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have uh, everybody's doctor, not just America's doctor and top scientist, but we have Dr. Anthony Fauci around here. Dr. Fauci, we say WWFD. What would Fauci do as we try to control this virus? Since everybody knows who you are, let's dive right in. Uh, we see the numbers with Omicron. It's affected us all. My wife's had it. What should we all be doing now, particularly for folks who are vaccinated? Explain to us what is the guidance as we sit here presently? Well, if you're vaccinated and not boosted, Bakari, you really should get boosted when your time comes up, which would be five months after the time that you have received your first couple of doses of an mRNA and two months after the other. The other, the uh, the J and J. The thing that I think people need to appreciate is that Omicron is a highly, highly transmissible virus. The protection against infection is such that you are gonna see a lot of breakthrough infections among vaccinated and boosted people. The critical issue that vaccine does is that for the most part, it prevents you with few exceptions from getting hospitalized or dying from this virus that has already killed 840 or 850,000 Americans. So I think the confusion in the public is they say, well, I hear people getting infected anyway, even if they're vaccinated and boosted, yeah, that happens because you're dealing with an incredibly transmissible virus. The other thing you can do is just be prudent about things like congregate settings indoors. Uh, you know, it's not a good idea to be doing that right now, given the transmissibility. And absolutely, 100%, if you do it, wear a mask, a well-fitted, high-quality mask, because they really do work. There's no doubt about that. One of the other things, very quickly, that you could do if you wanna go that extra mile of prevention, even if you have a gathering of family and friends uh, in the home, is to get one of those rapid antigen tests of people like the same day that they come in the house. They're not the most, they're not like 100% sensitive, but they're sensitive enough that they'll pick up people who are infected. And, and of course, the final thing, if you're symptomatic, don't go out. And if you are with people who are symptomatic, just stay away. You know, that, this is a very critical time. We're in a very, very sharp spike. As you know, we're well over a million uh, cases a day, which is really ridiculously high. So if you could summarize for listeners, what's the administration's COVID strategy right now? Specifically, how are you addressing the bottlenecks around testing? How are we making sure that we're creating enough rapid PCR tests? And what's the administration's strategy around boosters and getting kids vaccinated? One of the problems, Dr. Fauci, that I've identified, or I mean, most families have, is when you feel sick, you get a PCR test. By the time you get the results back, it's your five-day period is up. Yeah. So that that's a great question. Given what we have right now, if you feel sick, you should get a PCR test. But also, you could have, even though it isn't the 100% sensitive, Bakari, you can get a rapid test. And stay home until you get the result of that right now. It's a very, very difficult situation. I mean, for someone who has the classical symptoms of a COVID-19 type of infection and feels ill, they should not go out. I know there's a lot of stress and strain. Well, I got a job. You know, I have so many other things you need to do. But to the extent you could possibly do that, stay out of circulation until you find that you are infected, which means you should isolate or if you're not infected, then you could go out and do whatever it is you need to do family-wise, work-wise, employment-wise, or what have you. 
Where do you see things going in terms of vaccines for children under five? And what does science tell us about our youngest children and COVID? My daughter's immunosuppressed. She just turned three last week uh, and she, they're twins. So we, we do our very best around here. So tell us the guidance and where you see that going for these, for the youngest and most vulnerable yeah. among us. Okay, so let's just talk about the age of six months to four years. The studies that were done they were done in two separate groups, six, six months to 24 months and 24 months to four years. The dose that was used for the younger kids, the six months to 24 months, was the right dose because it, when, it, when, it, when the kids were vaccinated, it showed the vaccine was non-inferior to the same type of response that was elicited in an adult. However, the critical one that was disappointing is that in the kids 24 months to four years, it appears that that dose for those children did not induce a response that was felt to be non-inferior to the adults. So they had to regroup. And the conclusion was that you're dealing with likely what should be a three-dose vaccine for kids, for getting boosters, just a standard three-dose. So we really got to hustle on that and get that data so that we can get the kids from six months to four years vaccinated, but you gotta get the data to show that it's safe, almost certainly is gonna be safe. We haven't had any safety signals yet in younger kids and that it is immunogenic enough to protect them. I would hope, you know, you, you never wanna give a time frame, Bakari, because it always comes back to bite you. It's gonna be, be up to the FDA to look at the data that the company presents and make that decision. Hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You know, sometimes our friends, um, as we are combating misinformation from the Joe Rogans of the world or Ted Cruz's or whomever else it may be, sometimes our friends make mistakes as well. So I wanted to clear something up. Justice Sotomayor, along the same lines as children, made a comment in a recent case around the vaccine. And she said, we've had over 100,000 children, which we've never had before in serious condition and on many on ventilators. It, it, I think the, the response came out that that's not exactly exactly accurate. Fewer than 5,000 people under the age of 18 were hospitalized in the U.S. What do we know about how kids are responding to COVID and how frequent are we seeing these acute cases? Yeah, well, you know, it's really a question of the quantity and the volume of the infection and the certain percentage of kids. Whenever you get a virus that has the capability, even if it is a less virulent strain, the way COVID appears to be in the Omicron form versus the Delta form, if you have so many kids that are infected, you are gonna have a certain percentage of them that are gonna get hospitalized. And that was the lower number that you mentioned, not the higher number. The only thing is you don't wanna downplay that because if you have, I mean, just as an example, Let's say you get 50 people infected and 10% of them get seriously ill. That means that five of them will get seriously ill. Then you get another infection like Omicron that is only 2% of the, 
uh, uh, people hospitalized, but you have several hundred of them that have gotten infected. At the end of the day, you're going to get more hospitalized kids. The bottom line is you don't want kids to get sick enough to get hospitalized, but the more infections you get, you're going to see that. But having said that, Bakari, in general, it's a less virulent virus than the Delta virus. Omicron is a less virulent virus than Delta. It's, I mean, just for, I got my, I'm a lawyer and got my degree in African-American studies. I started out pre-med until I realized with a couple of Ds that wasn't for me in college. But is, is Delta still circulating? I mean, are, are we, do people still get Delta? Yeah. Do you, can you have Delta? And I, I saw in Cyprus, you had Delta and Omicron. And then there was a report that said that was probably false testing. So where are we with these strands that have emerged? It's a good question, and it leads up to what is a misunderstanding. The cases that you have that hospitalizations lag by at least a few weeks from the cases and deaths lag a few weeks from the hospitalization. So even though we're 90 plus percent, well over 90 percent Omicron right now, some of the hospitalizations are still reflective Delta. of Delta. That's the problem. That's okay. The problem. I mean, that makes sense. Let's clear up a few more things. Pfizer CEO recently said that there may be a need for a fourth shot. By the end of the month, holistically, we have enough data uh, to say if Omicron, uh, the solution will be just the third dose and they won't monitor to see when the third dose wanes or not, or if we need to go to a specific against Omicron variant vaccine. How do you think that we are, uh, or how close do you think we are on a fourth shot? And at what point did this become like the flu where there's an annual shot that people take? Well, okay, good questions, but perfect honesty, we don't know the precise answer to either, but let me give you what I think would be a a pretty good conjecture uh, based on information that we get literally on a daily basis. Before you start talking about a fourth shot, We really need to know what the durability of protection, particularly against severe disease of the third shot. No doubt, protection against infection wanes pretty quickly in a matter of a few months, several months. What seems to be holding tighter is the protection against severe disease leading to hospitalization. So we're going to have to make a decision of when are we going to be accepting that infection itself, if you get enough people vaccinated so that you get protection against severe disease, that it may not be that bad to get the sniffles and to get a sore throat. The only fallacy in that right now, Bakari, is that you have so many people who are unvaccinated and the virus is spreading so readily, you're still going to have the vulnerable people in the population. Because if anybody gets in trouble, who's vaccinated are the elderly, the immunocompromised, people who are transplants. So you want to get the level of infection as low as you possibly can. Even though the bottom line important thing is severe disease, you you have a tsunami when you're dealing with a million plus infections a day. So we got to both control the number of infections by getting more people vaccinated, which as you know, is very difficult because we have a lot of pushback about vaccinations, you know, at the same time that you make sure you get the vulnerable to be vaccinated. I mean, it's inconceivable to me how people who might have vulnerable people in their family or who themselves 
of vulnerable and immunosuppressed are not getting vaccinated. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, the elephant in the room with a lot of people, and I was just talking to Charlemagne the God about this on The Breakfast Club this week, is the CDC and credibility. I, I understand that the facts on the ground, as you just mentioned, are literally changing every day. And I know this isn't your fault, but the decisions often feel sometimes like they're based sometimes on the demands of business and the economy or politics. What do you think is it's going to take to improve the messaging out of the CDC? And how do we fix it such that when the CDC says something, that people trust the information coming from our scientists? You know, I think you're going to see an improvement of that now by, I mean, obviously the CDC, who generally does a really good job, has gotten burned a bit over the last uh, couple of weeks to months about things that were not, uh, I think, optimally communicated uh, uh, of what the basis of the decision was. I think you're going to see a lot of improvement about that now, Bakari. I'm sure you will, where you'll see more coordination so that when decisions are made, they're vetted better among other people within and outside of the government. Yeah, I mean, we don't I mean, when we're going out here fighting the good fight, telling folk to get vaccinated and it just seems as if decisions are either made because of the business community or whatever pressures or whatever it may be. And then we're backpedaling. Just a couple more questions, because I know you're, you're busy. You know, there's so much disinformation out there about you, Dr. Fauci. What what's the craziest thing you've heard about yourself? Oh, there's so many of them, Bakari. Bakari let, let me count the ways. <laughs> You know, that I'm trying to destroy the, the, the democracy by suggesting to people that they get vaccinated and that they get boosted or that I created the virus or that I've made hundreds of millions of dollars in the vaccine industry. I mean, it's 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 bizarre, you know, and I think the latest, latest example of that, which I think, you know, that that's almost ludicrous. I could tell by your laughing because it is ludicrous, and but it but it also can be destructive because. We had a hearing the other day where even the very conservative Republicans were asking reasonable questions and making reasonable criticisms. And then you had a couple of them whose only agenda was a fierce ad hominem against me for reasons that are inexplicable. They say, well, you're a very polarizing figure. Well, you can make somebody polarizing by calling them a mass murderer. You know what I mean? It's easy to it's easy to polarize somebody when you're doing that. So that's unfortunate because it distracts against the real thing we need to do is to control this outbreak. Last question for you before I get you out of here. How do we keep schools open and safe? I want my my toddlers to be going to daycare. I love them, but I need them out the house a little bit. And what steps is the administration taking to give school districts what they need to stay open? You see Eric Adams, new mayor of, of New York City, struggling with his decision, yeah. going back and forth as we speak. Yeah, the president made that announcement uh, the other day and you know, uh, reminding us of the tens of billions of dollars that have been invested to keep the schools safe with testing available, with proper ventilation, with making sure that we surround the kids with vaccinated people. And now that we have the ability to vaccinate kids from five to 11, and we could boost uh, adolescents now to really try and get the kids protected by surrounding them with vaccinated people, getting them vaccinated, getting testing easily available to the kids, getting masks easily available, all of those things, I think are gonna contribute to continuing to make the schools as safe as we possibly can. Dr. Fauci, our family prays for you and your safety. Keep pressing forward, doing the good work. I hope you enjoy your three-day weekend. 
and thank you for taking some time out. Shout out to the White House comm staff for making this happen. Dr. Fauci, we love you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bakari. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. All right. Have a blessed day.